This is Courage Cast. Faith, inspiration, and motivation for today. Welcome to another episode of Courage Cast. I am so privileged and honored to have on the call with me today, Mary Hyatt. Mary, welcome to the Courage Cast. Thank you so much, Eric. I am super excited to be here. Yeah. Well, um, we, uh, we've we been uh, planning this for a little while, and uh, I've been excited to get with you um, because for a number of reasons. Uh, number one is I think you have a very, very interesting story. People want to hear your perspective coming from the family that you do. And I'll, I'll, we'll ask about that. Um, and just kind of what it was like for you, um, from a business perspective, seeing, uh, being in, in the environment that you were in, but also how successful you've been, uh, on your own, uh, and, uh, in doTERRA specifically, you, uh, you just, the listeners should know that you, you just achieved the rank of presidential diamond. Is that right? Last month? That's right. It's so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and you've been blue diamond for a while, as long as I've known you. So yeah, for about two and a half years. So I got comfortable there and was hanging out there for a while. <laughs> and finally this year I was like, all right, it is time to push to the next rank and actually finish the yeah. race so to speak, and really take it to, to the max. Yeah. Well, you're in a place that, that I definitely want to be. And I, I want to talk with people who have done it and who can pass on some some good information to us. And for those of you that are not in doTERRA, don't worry, this is going to be very much for you as well. But we, uh, we're going to talk about the rank of a presidential diamond is kind of the top well, it's not really the top. There's more you can do, and I'm sure there's more that you will do, but um, it is the, the, the top rank um, in doTERRA, uh, and it's kind of the, the rank we, we all talk about and aspire to, and that's something Chrissy and I are going for as well. So um, I love talking to people who have done it and um, what it took to get there, uh, and we might be surprised at what it took to get there. Uh, so I'm excited to, to, to dive into that. But first of all, Mary, let's talk about uh, your dad. Your dad is Michael Hyatt. Mm -hmm. And um, so Michael is a best-selling author. He has been one of the first people, I think, to to kind of take on this, this concept of blogging, business blogging, and uh, started in 2004 when he was, I think, still chairman and CEO of... Thomas Nelson. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. And so social media wise, I mean, he's always kind of been somebody I've, I've looked up to. He's been on the cutting edge of that and built up a very successful and significant platform in his business. And now he's teaching others how to do the same and inspiring others how to do the same. So what, tell me in those early days, uh, maybe 2004, where were you? Were you still at home? And what, what was that like kind of being being with your dad and seeing him uh, become so um, inspiring and successful to other people. Yeah, it's funny because I'll even rewind it a little bit before because growing up in our household, I have four sisters. I'm the middle of five. Mm -hmm. And seeing my dad 
finally get to where he is at now. I think people think that that is sort of how we were raised all along. And it's just not the case. We were totally broke. <laughs> we grew up and I, oh my gosh, I can remember people dropping clothes off at our house, people dropping food off at our house. And he was an entrepreneur as long as I've known him. And so he would try these different businesses that would just, they would be, it was feast or famine. They would work for a little bit and then they would totally fizzle out and stop working. And so my childhood was a lot of seeing my dad go after these new projects, go after one, go after one, go after one. And I didn't know any different. I kind of thought that was how all dads were. And Mm -hmm. I learned very quickly as I got older that, oh no, this is, this is very unique uh, to my dad. And the fact that he kept trying and kept trying until he ended up going to work for Thomas Nelson publishers and found some success there, which was when I was in, let's see, high school, I guess. And so when he decided to sort of pull back from being a CEO Mm -hmm. and when he decided, okay, I'm going to pursue this blogging thing. It was crazy. I mean, he was blogging way before it was cool before anybody knew what it was. I remember he was one of the first people who got on Twitter and everybody's like, what the heck is Twitter? (laughs) You know, (laughs) I don't know that everybody had even really bought into Facebook yet when Twitter came out. And so it was a really interesting process to see him try something that even the people that were in his, uh, that were working very closely with him at Thomas Nelson. He originally was doing it to speak to the people in his company mm-hmm. and they didn't get it. I mean, they did not get it. They found that very threatening that he would want to go talk about what was happening in the business online in a public mm-hmm. forum. It was mm-hmm. like, no, this is private. What we deal with is private. Mm-hmm. And so I just got to see his courage in stepping forward to try something new that he had no proof, like not anybody else that he knew of was successful at this yet. So he had no indication that this would pay off other than I know. And his, his heart was that, that gut intuition feeling I've got to do this. And obviously now he's wildly successful for, for, you know, doing that. But it was fascinating to see his courage to step forward in the midst of a lot of doubt in a Mm -hmm. lot of uncertainty, leaving a, you know, a nine to five corporate job that paid him really well to embark on something that he was just passionate about ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I heard somebody say it might've even been him. I can't, you can't keep everybody straight, but, um, that the CEO of a company now really is the brand and you, you better have some sort of social identity out there. Um, because, you're, you're, you're really branding your company by Mm -hmm. being, and he was doing that. He was one of the first, I had a completely different impression as I started following him in those early days before he even did the podcast, I think, um, just what Thomas Nelson was like. And it really increased because I kind of thought Thomas Nelson before that was sort of this dodgy, you know, Bible publisher that was kind Mm -hmm. of a little bit a little bit um, medieval in its in its um, methods, you know. But uh, and coming in because I was working in Christian music at the time, mm. and so we were kind of the cool the cool side, and and we were even part of Thomas Nelson for a while. So anyway, he made it he made it cool. Yeah, it was revolutionary. I think at the time we take that for granted. Now that's to be expected, but at the time, I think CEOs were sort of 
in their ivory tower mm -hmm. and doing their, their job without having a lot of relation to the outside world. And he made that company relatable. And I think now that is something that all major companies are required to do now. And certainly now for myself as an entrepreneur, I know that it's vital for entrepreneurs to do that is to mm -hmm. be the face of their brand, obviously, but to do that in a corporate space was really just, I mean, I think so crazy at the time that he decided to do it. It was just unheard of. So what did you, what did you learn? Did he involve you in that during that time when he was just getting, or how, how involved were you in what he was doing and what did you learn from being involved or, or watching? I think I, I ultimately was watching. I mean, at the, at the time I was graduating high school, I think when he was going through all of this and I sort of left the house when he really started to get going. But what I observed from him is that, and I take this into my business now, and I think anybody can apply this is that confidence is built by doing. Hmm. And I think the misperception about confidence is that we have to have confidence first and then we go out and take action. But the reality is that confidence is cultivated by taking action. Mm. And so what I got to see is that he was somebody who wasn't, um, you know, he wasn't somebody who didn't have fears or doubts or insecurities. In fact, you know, he will tell, tell the story about as a little boy, he was a total geek. He was so cute. And he, you know, had all these freckles on his face and these big rim glasses. And he was not the cool kid, let's just say, yeah. you know? And so for him to kind of enter this space where he was going to be seen in the public eye and really show himself, that was something that was really important for me to see. And as a woman, I really took that to heart of it's okay to be seen. Mm. It's okay to show up in the world as who you are mm -hmm. and know that there is a place for you, know that there is a purpose for you and that confidence will be developed along the way. And you don't have to wait to feel secure or to feel ready before you actually launch into something that is, you just know is part of your destiny. Mm -hmm. So that leads me to kind of the journey from, you know, maybe after college, uh, if you, I don't even know, did you go, you went to college, where'd you go? Well, I actually, I went to Belmont University oh, yeah. in here in Nashville for two years mm -hmm. and then I dropped out. So what's funny is that I, so I said I had four sisters, not one of us have graduated from college. Wow. <laughs> so really? We're all, yeah. We're all college dropouts or like one of my sisters didn't even go. So that wasn't, <laughs> I guess, a very high value in our family. <laughs> <laughs> you sound almost proud of that. I kind of am, you know, my dad always would say, you know, you go to the school of hard knocks, you right. know, you, you learn your education, you know, the university yeah. of life. Yeah. And so that's kind of a prideful thing. I think in our family, we mm -hmm. laugh about that because entrepreneurship, I guess, is absolutely in our blood. Mm -hmm. And we all kind of thought that's what we should do. And then realized very quickly, like, Oh, I can, I can do this on my own. I'll just, I don't need this. I'll just, I'll figure it out along the way. <laughs> right. No, there's no better. And there's much better experience learning on the streets of, like you said, hard knocks, Robert Kiyosaki talks about it in his book, rich dad, poor dad. And, um, you know, just encouraging people, if you want to learn business and you and you have a fire in your belly to to be an entrepreneur there's no nothing there's no need to postpone it by going to college sometimes right you can just yeah you can just go so um 
So tell me, how did you get into doTERRA? What was it that drew you to doTERRA? And, you know, was there a backstory to before you even enrolled? Yeah. So when I came into doTERRA, the place that I was in at my life, I was 80 pounds heavier than I am now. Hmm. I was dealing with horrible emotional and um, hormonal imbalance and was just not functioning well at all. I was sleeping all the time. I was exhausted. I was just, I felt anxious all the time. Hmm. Um, I, I was just super low. I mean, it was a very dark period of my life and I have, um, since been divorced, but I was in a marriage at the time that was just not fulfilling in so many different ways. And I was at this place where my, my body was hurting. I was on all kinds of different medication and not finding any real solutions for addressing what the root cause was. And I was very unfamiliar with essential oils. I didn't really know a lot about natural medicine or natural alternative healthcare or anything like that, herbs or supplements or anything in that sphere. I mean, I had gone to the chiropractor growing up, but that was pretty much the extent of it being mm-hmm. raised in the South. Mm-hmm. And so I was trying all these different methods to feel better to no avail. Mm-hmm. And so I had a, a dear friend of mine who she just knew, I mean, she, she knew me really well and she had experienced some really incredible benefits from essential oils for stuff that she was dealing with. And she came to me and she said, Mary, I know you're struggling. I know you're hurting. And if you would be open to it, I've got these oils that I think would really, really help you. And at the time, I think I was just so desperate. I mean, I know that there are kind of turning points in every person's life. And I feel like this was one for me because I really was at a place of desperation. I mean, I just, I hated myself so much. Hmm. I hated the way that I looked. I hated the way that I was feeling. I was embarrassed. I had a lot of body shame. And then couple that with all the emotional imbalance that I was experiencing. I just was a wreck, honestly. (laughs) You know, I was like, (laughs) oh my gosh, like this is not, this can't be all that there is to life. Surely there's got to be more. And it was just such divine timing that she came in when she did and offered, um, you know, to let me try these oils. And I just thought, well, it can't be any worse than what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And maybe just maybe it would, it could be better. And so I started using every day frankincense and clary sage and a couple of doTERRA's blends uh, for emotional support. And I was blown away. I was blown away by what was happening. Just honestly, emotionally, I feel like in my body first, I hadn't cried in like, I don't know, six years or so. Really? I was just so numb and so locked up. Yeah. I was like, just shut down. And, and so for me, I remember the first thing that started to happen is that I started to have feeling again. I started to have emotions again. I started mm-hmm. to open up emotionally, which was like, Oh my gosh, Whoa, there's a lot here that I have been avoiding, <laughs> you know, that I don't want to look at, but it, it really was the catalyst of a beautiful healing journey of coming back home to myself, of coming back home to my body Mm -hmm. and ultimately balancing out all of those things. And I couldn't help but tell people about that experience and they, and people were, you know, visibly seeing it. Um, but I was like, everybody's got to know about these oils. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. No, it's funny that you, well, not funny, but that you mentioned that because I, I follow you on Instagram and, and many times you take us on your runs. Mm-hmm. Like you, 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 we're, we're, I'm on a run watching your feet running. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is actually pretty cool. <laughs> it's so it's so crazy. And I, I laugh because I mean, five, six years ago, walking down the street was painful. I mean, oh, wow. every joint in my body was aching with pain. Mm -hmm. And the thought of not only I wouldn't even be able to run, the thought of just going on a walk felt so daunting to me. And so I'm very proud <laughs> that I can go <laughs> on a run now. And I, and I really want to take people on the journey for myself of this is what it looks like to step into really who you are and to who God has created you to be and all of the fullness, all of the beauty, all of the, the messy mm -hmm. and really walk people through that vulnerable journey of what it looks like to seek out that kind of healing. Yeah, that's good. So Mary, did you look at the business right away of doTERRA, the, the opportunity, the financial opportunity, or was, or did that evolve over time? That really evolved over time. I used the oils for probably almost about a year. Okay. And what happened, I honestly, I didn't even know there was a business opportunity involved. I had <laughs> no clue. I had no clue. I, I laugh. I'm like, man, I could have got so much further faster if I had known <laughs> a year prior, but I had no idea. So I was just using them. I just thought this is so cool. I'm getting these oils at a discount. I love it. And I had actually started yoga teacher training school at my heaviest weight. Wow. And it was at the same time that I had started to use the oil. So I would take the oils with me to this training and pass them out because inevitably when you're doing five day intenses, intensive days of yoga training and physical activity, you know, everybody's kind of getting sick. And, mm -hmm. and so I would bring my oils and pass them around and, and people would be like, Oh my gosh, well, where do you get these? And I said, Oh, well, you know, I get a discount. So I'll just order them for you and I'll just bring them to our next teacher training. Uh -huh. I mean, again, no clue that I could actually profit from this. So fast forward several months, the same person who enrolled me with Otera, she came to me and she said, Hey, I, I see that you're still using your oils. Would you want to teach a class and educate people on how to use these? And mm -hmm. I'm like, Oh, I can do that. Yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. So then from that point on, I, I decided absolutely I'm going to do this again, not really knowing all the details, but one thing led to the other and the other. And once I saw the potential of, of residual income, I was absolutely sold and just, you know, cashed in all my chips and went for it and, and did it. So the entrepreneurial side of you just kicked in. You had to, it had to take over. Uh, who was the first person you enrolled? One of your sisters? It was, it was my little sister, Marissa, mm -hmm. who is one of my, uh, legs, my qualifying legs to this day. Mm -hmm. And I think she enrolled three days after me and we've been doing it ever since. That's so cool. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah. Mindy, Marissa, I actually knew Mindy because her uh, husband's dad and I went to church together a long time ago and cool. uh, yeah. Yep. So we, we instantly had that connection. I run into the Hyatts in one form or another uh, all the time here in uh, Franklin because uh, so many people work for Michael and um, uh, it's kind of, kind of fun. I finally met your mom the other day at the, we, we all get her, I think, you know, she gets her haircut the same place I do. And I love it. She's so great. She's a hoot. I think she took a funny picture of us together sometime, but <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, so, so that's really cool. So you, you enrolled your sister and you guys started, uh, doing classes and building the business. Um, how long did it take you to kind of reach your first milestone of, of diamond, for example? 
So I hit diamond, I think within 13 months. Mm -hmm. So just a little over a year of when I started. And what's interesting about that, I remember I went to my upline when I was at the rank of silver and was so proud of that. I mean, that was a huge, that felt like diamond to me at the time. Mm-hmm. And I went to my upline and I said, listen, I said, I already feel like I'm diamond. It just hasn't caught up with me yet. Mm-hmm. How can I make it catch up with me? <laughs> <laughs> because I had that mindset. And I think this is whether you're in doTERRA or not having the mindset that you are already identifying with where you're going to end up mm-hmm. to me. And I didn't know this then, but I think that knowing a lot more about psychology and thinking now I was like, Oh, that's what allowed me to get there. I was already seeing myself as if I was there. Mm. It just, all the pieces hadn't quite come together for that to actually happen yet. But for me, my identity of who I was, was a diamond. Like Mm -hmm. I just knew that that was inevitably going to happen. And I didn't have a doubt about that. I wasn't exactly sure how it was all going to come together, but I knew that it was going to, and I was very certain that I was diamond. And so I started to affirm that every single day. Hmm. I'm a diamond. I'm a diamond. I'm a diamond. And I had this little affirmation that I would say about the uh, strength of my team and the way that we would bring in people and serve them and love them. And it really was a neat experience to see the belief and then to see the proof eventually catch up with that belief. Got it. Got it. So you were already in the the frame of mind to that you already kind of were thinking and acting like a diamond. Yep. In, in your head and maybe even in your heart, but you, you just needed the pieces to fit together. Now, tell me, what were some of those traits? What were, I mean, other than saying those things, what were some of those, the traits of a diamond that you were thinking and acting? What Thinking and acting, what, what, what are those? Yeah, so for me, one of the biggest pieces, if I, if I started to slow down and say, okay, how does a diamond do their business? What are they thinking about? What are they focusing on? And what I kept coming back to, and I know that this is because of the way that I was raised was I have to raise up independent, capable, resourceful leaders. Mm. And I knew that it wasn't about me. I think sometimes we have the notion that I've got to figure this out and it's all about me. But I thought, I need to train my people from the beginning. Now, you have to understand, this was my first real business. So I I had started a farmer's market in Nashville and did that for a few years, which was very successful. But it was very different than running a huge team of people. Mm -hmm. And and so from the get-go, I think I was even silver or gold, I decided that I was going to host a weekly – I can't even remember what I called it, but it was basically like a leader's group Mm -hmm. where we went through one of my favorite books, The Success Principles Mm -hmm. by Jack Canfield, and we took it chapter by chapter. Mm. And one of the things that we did, and this is all about success 101, how to be a leader 101, the basics of building a business through your mindset 101. And what I had each of my people do who were participating in this is every week, somebody would recap and do the summary Mm. and share what they got out of it and give it to the group. And then everybody had to go around and share what it is that they got out of that chapter. And I think I even gave them some homework. Um, And what I realized is that I have to raise these people up, even almost this exact same time that I'm figuring out this whole leadership thing, we're going to do it together. And that was really powerful. And I thought, if I'm a diamond, I'm not going to wait 
until I actually reach diamond to start training my people how to be leaders. I've got to start now and really hone in on that because the basics of running the business, whatever business that is, those things are simple. It's like you teach your classes, you hand out samples, you follow up. I mean, that that's, those are skill sets that anybody can learn. Yep. But it was that leadership piece that I felt like if that's underdeveloped, my team isn't going to succeed. Right. And so I just started that right away, way before I'm ready. I mean, I look at that now thinking that was kind of ballsy. Like I did not <laughs> like have any, um, training in leadership or anything to be able to do that. But I just thought, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to do it. And that was so formative for my entire team. Uh, I identify with you in just the fact that we we were already thinking like that when we were premieres and silvers, Chrissy and I. I mean, she had a unique gift set and I had a unique gift set and we we just went ahead and just went for it. We started a podcast. I don't think there were any doTERRA podcasts at the time. And we just started to do what we knew to do. And 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 it was amazing how it draw it drew leaders to us. People wanted to be part of our team because they felt like they knew us. But I love, I love this. I'm going to add success principles, the success principles by Jack Canfield. I'm going to add that to my library. And, and I, I tell you what, this summer, we're going to do that. Maybe even this spring, we'll do that with our team and begin to develop leaders. You're right. I mean, doTERRA, any network marketing business it always is not, it's not about you. It's about how do you develop other people? Mm-hmm. I love that. That's, that's what you, you, you knew to do that. And I think that's something that, that we do some somewhat well, but I think I can add that to my arsenal. Um, I like that. Yeah. And I think that one of the things that has been really important for me that I think has contributed to my success is that I have created a culture where learning is fun. Mm. And I think more than anything, I actually hosted a business gathering last night at my house and we were talking about this. I said, what people want more than anything else, I don't care what business you're in, especially network marketing though, people want a sense of belonging. Mm. And if you can cultivate that within your culture, and provide ways for people to be seen, provide ways for people to be heard, provide ways for people to learn together in an environment that is fun and enjoyable. And there's that sense of belonging, that felt need that everybody in today's world needs more of community to feel connected. That is gold. Like that's more important than anything else. And I see that over and over again, the people who show up to events, the people who continue to build their business, mm. they have bought into the fact that they belong to this bigger vision. They belong to the group. They belong to the community and they pull in others to belong as well. And then you couple that with some power for learning and a safe space to ask the difficult questions and to explore ideas and to lay down the need for perfection and to get real and vulnerable and, mm-hmm. um, that is, oh my gosh, it's, it's healing, I think for communities and, you know, you add in the oils to that. It's, I mean, it's, it's a game changer for sure. Oh yeah, no doubt. So in, so you started this group in it, in addition to that, how do you work with your, maybe let's just say your six, your six qualifying legs, um, 
just so everybody knows who's not in doTERRA, just to give people a, a ballpark figure before you answer that question, uh, a diamond typically is earning about fifteen to sixteen thousand dollars a month on average. A blue uh, blue diamond is kind of the next step above that, and and I guess they're earning about I don't know forty thousand a month on mm-hmm. average, and then the presidential is about ninety to a hundred thousand a month. Um, the top rank in doTERRA, so. Just kind of, and, and you need qualifying qualifying leaders to 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 qualify for those ranks. So, you know, f- with your six people, um, what do you do on a let's just say a daily, weekly, and monthly? What's kind of your your routine uh, in how you you lead? Yeah, and this answer might surprise you a little bit. I don't do a lot with them because. We heavily spent a lot of energy on the front end. And one of the things that I had to believe about my people is that they were fully resourceful and fully capable. And one of the things that I encourage my builders to do from day one, anybody that comes on my team, whether they're my six qualifying legs or just, you know, somewhere else in my organization, I say to them, I said, you have to see this as your business. It's not up to me to make your business successful and it's not up to your team to make your business successful. It's up to you. You have to be fully resourceful. And so we, we created this beautiful community, but there's a level of independence Mm -hmm. within our community. And I did that very intentionally because what I saw happening on different teams is this codependency behavior where people couldn't make decisions without contacting their upline or their downline. And they were, you know, people who were in these higher ranks were having to manage, I mean, text after text after text, and they had no life. It was just like their phone was just beeping off the hook. And I just thought, that's not what I want out of my life. I want to empower people to build this business on them for themselves. And, and then come together wh- where it really matters. So what I do is we do a um, a mastermind group where we will get together periodically and brainstorm ways to move our businesses forward at a place where it's almost like we're equals. Now, mm-hmm. I will say that all of my leaders uh, are platinum all the way up to presidential diamond mm-hmm. on my sixth uh, legs. So they're already cranking and rolling and they've got their teams going. And so it's now at this level, it's just that check-in. It's that putting our minds together, seeing if we want to collaborate on different projects to make it easier on ourselves and get excited about how can we breathe life into our teams. Mm-hmm. But that's pretty much it. I do have one builder who's a, a newer builder. And for her, I do a weekly mentor call via zoom Mm -hmm. with her qualifying legs. So it's her plus we've got about five other people that join us on that every week. Mm -hmm. And we're going through what we call leader circle. And so we're watching webinars every week. We're talking about it. They're summarizing it and they have weekly challenges, but that's for a, a team that's not fully established yet. But for my established legs, it's just a check-in because mm-hmm. I know that they can they can do this and they don't need the the hand-holding anymore. Yeah, right. So so do you recommend a specific um l- this is the last doTERRA question because I want to talk about some other things too. But do you recommend a specific um system or training tools um you know, how do you take someone from or how do you recommend someone going from just a brand new uh, 
not just a, a user, but let's just say a share or a builder, as as they say in our in our business. Um, how do you take them from there and and show them the path? What is what is the ideal path that you that you'd like to see them follow? Yeah, so we have a website that we created um, for our team that we have what we call our oil business toolbox. Mm-hmm. And so it's four different modules that we walk people through. But that sounds complicated and you absolutely do not have to go build your own website. We did that before there was a lot of systems going and we've updated it now where it reflects the live naturally system Got it. Uh, from Dana Moore and Jenna Cross. So that's the system that we use. So we walk everybody through that process of a membership overview, a business consult and take them through step by step that way. So yeah. it's really, it's super basic. What's the compensation plan? What is network marketing? Why doTERRA? Teaching them how to to teach a class, mm-hmm. following up, and then getting them the vision for the next three months of their their doTERRA journey. Yeah. So when they're just starting out, if you're a leader that's maybe younger, doing these kind of Zoom calls, participating in that is is helpful on a weekly basis. Going through like a leader circle, um, et cetera program is is really helpful but then um they're pretty self-empowered at at a certain mm-hmm. point then okay very cool yeah uh, um all right so mary now what i've seen is a lot of presidential diamonds you know as they're rising in their growth um and and, and gaining confidence what i s- see almost with everyone is they begin to get in more and more in touch with the greater calling and purpose that they have that that God has for their lives, and um, are you are you kind of in that place at this point now? And what would you like to say about that? What do you what do you think God is, you know, kind of what is your future looking like, and what are you kind of working for at this point? Yeah, absolutely. I think that it's sort of like the Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You know, you've got uh, the initial start where you go, okay, I got to take care of my basic needs. Mm -hmm. I need to pay off debt. I need to be able to afford X, Y, Z or whatever. And when you start getting into these higher ranks, you go, okay, obviously I don't need all of this money just to live on my own. And so what is it that I am really passionate about and what is it that I am called to do? And for me, going through this journey of really coming back home to my body, I've realized how many women struggle with body image and self-hate and they see their bodies as, uh, this, this enemy really. Mm. And so for me, the, the bigger vision that I have is not only to help women understand how to build a business, not only under help women understand how to feel confident and successful that they can build something on their own. I also want them to feel at home in their body, to love their body and to see it as amazing and get it to a place where it really is thriving, where they are okay getting up and getting dressed in the morning and not hating and picking apart every piece of their body. So it really is a holistic way of looking at this, you know, because the the audience that we're dealing with are women. And so I, I see this come up over and over and over again. And because of my own personal journey with that process, 
Uh, and I'm a life coach as well. And a lot of the clients that I work with are dealing with these body image issues. I'm like, I've got to address this. Mm-hmm. I have got to speak to this and empower women um, to stop the body shaming. And so I'm basically taking everything that I've learned over the past five years and creating a course right now um, that is really going to help women feel at home in their bodies again. Mm. And to me, it's, it's not about making money anymore. Like this is such a passion project. I have no idea if this is going to be successful. (laughs) It's going to make money and I don't care. I don't care. I mean, to me, I want to liberate women, Mm -hmm. um, in this. And I have never met a woman who just loves their body and just feels so confident and just ready to storm out the door and start their day. It's like everyone I talk to, there's a level of embarrassment. There's a level of wanting to hide. There's this level of feeling like they can't even trust themselves around food, Mm. you know, or they have fear around moving their bodies in any way. And it's just weight. Everything's just so weighted and heavy. And I want to make that easy for people and for women to, to, to feel more peace and more joy so that they can do the things that they're specifically called to do without that being on the forefront of their mind and taking up so much mental and emotional energy. What's one thing if someone were to ask me, you know, I deal with it. I ask you, I deal with self-hatred. I deal with body issues. What can I do? Like, what can I do right now that can make a difference? Cause I feel hopeless and I'm kind of stuck. How yeah. do I, how do I change? Well, and I go through, you know, a whole series and teaching of this and there's, there's a lot of different elements of this, but I think the most important thing to do is to begin to see your body as your partner Hmm. and not your enemy and begin to speak to it in a way that is loving and full of compassion. I know when I started this journey, one of the things that a therapist had me work on is she would say, go to your mirror and look into your own eyes and to say, I'm sorry. And I love you. Hmm. Because so often as women, we abuse our bodies so much with our language, with our actions, with what we do to it. We just, we sit there and we just berate it and abuse it. Mm -hmm. And so to me, the first step, and it sounds kind of silly, but it's just to look into the mirror and to to ask forgiveness for abusing your body. You know, like I am sorry, body, Mm -hmm. and I love you. And it's a sort of like acknowledgement that you're going to sort of lay down the sword and you're going to stop the fight. And instead, you're going to realize that your body's been on your team this entire time. And all it wants to do is help you thrive. And so beginning to become aware of that, to, to um, offer an apology, and then to step into a, a new way of partnering. Yeah. It's so, it's, it probably is very awkward for someone to do that right in the beginning, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. it's not comfortable. You're not comfortable saying I love you to yourself you know you're you're we're so self-critical we're so our thoughts what is it like 70% of our thoughts are are negative thoughts and if we can even turn you know half of those thoughts around it, it can make a huge difference in the way we approach life and who knows I mean I you know I'm kind of a proponent that what I think about actually has health implications to my body, Absolutely. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I love that. So when is that going to be? When do you think that'll come out? Your, your well, 
It should be in June. We're, we're in the 90 day sprint currently. So, you okay. know, it's like a construction project. It always is going right. to uh, evolve, but yeah, so definitely the summer of, of 2017. And so checking out my website, Mary Hyatt, Dot com for the update on that. It's going to be so good, y'all. I'm telling you, I am putting my heart and my soul into this and I have walked it and I have lived it and I walk people through it and my coaching clients now and ooh, it's, it's juicy. It's, it's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Juicy. That's a good description. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So uh, I am going to, uh, I, I actually meant to ask you one more question that, um, that I want to ask you. And then I want to do rapid fire questions. All right. Sure. So the one question I have is what was like a big fail or a big challenge that you've experienced in the last five years? And what did you do about it? Mm. That's so good. Does it have to be related to business or do you want no, it to be business? Just anything. Okay. I would say, um, and this is where I'll just get super vulnerable. It was my divorce. Mm. I mean, that was absolutely, you know, brought me to my knees, really brought me to my face (laughs) on Mm. the ground and was the biggest challenge that I've ever had to deal with and to experience. And I had a, a viewpoint already before I went through this, that life is what we Life is um, how we interpret it, the meaning that we give it, the perspective that we come. And I knew that there were people that said divorce has to be miserable. It has to be horrible. It's not right. God doesn't want divorce. And how could you do this? And there were all these voices mm-hmm. in my head you know, about, about this process. And I thought, I have to control the narrative here. Mm. I have to control the story. And this can be the worst thing of my life, or it can be the most healing thing in my life both of which are going to be very difficult. Mm-hmm. <laughs> both of which are going to require a lot of presence, a lot of prayer, a lot of grace, a lot of compassion and forgiveness. But I get to choose how I walk through this. Yeah. And and so I was very intentional walking through that uh, process that I would just ask myself over and over again in all the decisions of of filing and et cetera, et cetera, what would love do? Mm-hmm. If I gave love the opportunity to make all of the decisions and not act out of a place of anger or um, revenge or whatever that looked like, it was like, what would love do? Yeah. And that was the the guiding question throughout that and really has become the guiding question throughout my whole life. What would love do? How would love make this decision? Mm-hmm. How would love show up right now? What would change if I let love lead? Mm-hmm. And that has been so healing. So that was the absolute biggest challenge of the past five years and has been now the, the absolute biggest gift for me, for sure. Got it. Got it. So you can walk through the same thing that other people are going through. It's amazing mm-hmm. how many people are going through tough marriages. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. All right. So I've got um, a few questions here that are rapid fire. So no big, long answer is necessary. All okay. right. So, but top of mind, and I didn't give you these questions ahead of time. So I always can't wait to hear. The <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. This is juicy. This is the juicy part of the podcast. All right. All right. Uh, number one, what is, well, this one was already covered, but what is the greatest lesson you have learned? Mm, to be present in every single thing, because that's all that you have in this moment. All right. What are you learning now? 
that I am lovable just because I breathe and that there's nothing that I can do to earn love and there's nothing I can do to lose love. Great. I love that. How has failure shaped your life? I have learned to not identify as a failure, but that failure is necessary to get you where you want to go. And I actually look forward to it because it gets me closer to my end result. That's right. I've talked about this just recently. The more failure you can have, the better off you're going to be. Yeah, you'll get there much quicker if you fail, fail a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All right. Um, What have you read that I should read other than success principles? Because I already wrote that down. Okay, this is such a great book. Um, Reinventing Yourself. Um, It's by a guy named Steve Chandler. And it's this whole uh, book about the victim owner mindset and how to shift out of being a victim uh, in our lives. Oh my gosh, so powerful. Okay, Reinventing Yourself by the author is? Steve Chandler. Steve Chandler. C-H-A-N-D-L-E-R. Okay, awesome. Um, What have you done that I should do? Oh, go to Tony Robbins conference, Unleash the Power Within, and walk on fire. (laughs) You've done it? It's awesome. I've done it three times. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) You still have your feet. You're still walking. I still have my feet. It's incredible. That is is a powerful experience. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's awesome. Um, Okay. If you could give one piece of advice to young leaders from what you've learned and experienced, what would it be? Mm. read as much as you can. Like you don't have to even have a personal mentor, but find mentors and books and podcasts and just consume. Mm -hmm. You will be, you will have so many ideas that will come to you. Like the more you can learn, oh man, it's like that, that to me is your secret weapon. Yeah, I agree. Okay. This is a good one. I love this one. So don't let me down on this, Mary. Okay. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who do you know that I should know? Ooh, that is a good question. Okay. Who you need to know is Justin Wise. Okay. He is uh, the owner of a company called Think Digital. And I just feel like you would love him because he worked for churches for a long time on their social media mm-hmm. campaigns. And now he just does this for entrepreneurs of getting them out there and um, he's helping me build my, my course mm-hmm. right now, but he understands Facebook ads and all that stuff like nobody else. So, and he's just such a fun guy. So Justin wise of think digital. Okay. Just, just a cool guy. <laughs> all right. So, uh, after uh, off air, I'll, I'll need to get his info from you. Totally. Okay, cool. And then last question is how can I add value to you, Mary? And don't say by putting me on this podcast. Oh my goodness. See, this is such an interesting question. I'm, I'm not used to having to ask for things. Okay, let me think through this. Um, <laughs> what I would say is maybe on the uh, next event that we do for Nashville, like having you come speak. Okay. Just that cross-line support would be really cool. All right. Oh, I'd love to do that. Yeah, That's awesome. Great. Okay. Consider it done. Perfect. All right, Mary, um, any final words? We know your website, Mary Hyatt, M-A-R-Y-H-Y-A-T-T.com. Um, any, any final thoughts that you want to leave our courageous community with? Yeah, I would just say that the most important thing that you can do when you're building a business is to create a contagious culture. 
Mm. Get clear on where your culture is taking you, what it feels like to be a part of your team. And if you want to update that or change it or redefine what that experience is like, but really getting clear on what is your culture and make it so contagious that people can't help but want to follow you and be a, a part of what you're doing. And I'll just say too, if you guys want to follow me, you can find me every single week. I do a Facebook live show uh, on my Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Mary Grace Hyatt Wednesdays at one o'clock central time. Okay. Every Wednesday, one o'clock central Mary Grace Hyatt is the place to uh, check you out. Facebook live. Well, that's awesome. I can't yeah. wait. All right. Thank you so much for having me. This has been so great. Absolutely. I loved it. Uh, Mary, I hope to have you on again. Anytime you want to talk about more about the shaming issue, you know, all of that, the course when it comes out, if you want to come back on, I'd love to have you uh, talk more specifically about that. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much, Eric. All right. Take care. Bye. Alrighty. Bye. All right. That was Mary Hyatt. So good to have her on the podcast. Been wanting to have her on for a while and grateful that she took some time with me today. Again, the website is maryhyatt.com. Live fully alive. Go check out those Facebook lives and sign up for her coaching and email list as well. Well, friends, that's it for me. If you can take a look at courageouscommunity.com, sign up for our email list there. You'll get a free one hour download of who I am in Christ which uh, I prepared for you so that you can remember whose you are and what he says about you right there. Also, if you like what you heard, give us a rating and review on iTunes. The more people that find us, well, the more, more ratings and reviews we get, the more people find us. And if you do that, I'll send you a Courageous Community t-shirt. Uh, just go to CourageousCommunity.com and you'll see the link to the iTunes page. As well, if you'd like to talk about this episode in the Courageous Community, just follow the link to the Facebook group and join the community there, and you can participate in everything that's going on there as well. Well, that's it for me, friends. I'm Eric Nordoff, and I'll be back again on the next episode of Courage Cast. Courage Cast.